Welcome to Northgate. Hope you're enjoying this very different long weekend um, that you've been able to get out and enjoy the sun and hopefully it's going to be sunny all weekend. As we, uh, as I think about this, this time and we're all in different circumstances, there's a few things that uh, come to mind and uh, I think about God's goodness and his amazing uh, love for us. Um, but also just how in the world around us, I hear the birds behind me, uh, the grass growing, the fact that we take a very breath um, shows us that God still exists and he is still good and loves us. So there's a verse that comes to mind and Carrie's just going to read that for us. Romans 11, 33 to 36. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him that exists and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. So no matter what our circumstances, we don't know why sometimes, why it's happening. We can still trust in, in God that he's, he's there. Just pray. Lord, we, we just thank you that you are amazing, that you are good. That you, uh, that you love us, and sometimes it's hard for us to figure out, but uh, you, it's all within what you allow. Um, so we thank you for that. We just trust as we dig into your word on this Sunday morning that you'll, uh, that you'll uh, give us something that will uh, show us more of who you are and draw us more closer to you. And we, uh, we thank you and praise you for your amazing love in your name. Amen. Well. I guess that's off to church. We'll see you guys on the other side. Bye. Good morning, everyone. Uh, happy Sunday. This is always the hardest part of starting these videos is me saying good morning to nobody. Um, this is probably the 30th time I've tried saying good morning, and I'm just going to go with this one. So we're going to play a few songs together. Big surprise, right? Um, we're going to do three this morning, though, so buckle up. Um, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, the very first song we're going to do is Do It Again. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never Failed yet. Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battles won. Lord, you have never failed. Promise still stands. Praise your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed yet.
I know that I won't last If your word will come to pass My heart will sing your praise again You are still alive. Keep me within your life. My heart will sing your praise again. From the still stands, praise your praise. song, I think. You were my strength when I am weak. You were the treasure that I seek. You were my all Seeking you as a precious jewel. Don't you give up, I'd be a fool. You were my all all in Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God.
my skin, I cross my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You were my all, all. And when I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. One more song we'll do this morning is Reckless Love. And, um, yeah, I was going to give a little spiel, but I just, I really like the song. Initially, I didn't. Uh, but now I really do, because God really loves us. <laughs> and that was really cheesy. Anyway, <clears throat> let's get in the right key. been so, so good to me. 
Okay, here we have our friends from China, the Gu family. They have a few words to say. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello, uh, everyone. Um, my family uh, uh, stay here. It's very peaceful. Uh, thank you, God. Um, we, uh, we hope um, the virus um, and uh, can pass mm -hmm. uh, so f fast, so fast, um, and uh, uh, the world is very peace. Everyone is peace. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Any words, Daniel? Uh, and Gu? Uh,我说你翻译一下。啊,呃,在这个非常的疫情期间,呃,弟兄姊妹还好吗? So is everybody well during this time? Mm. Yes. Uh, um, 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 we hope that um, it will be able to control the virus and yeah, and everything will go out normal. So we are here and we have seen the and we've saw a, a lot of hope God gave us to end this. Amen. Ah, 在这个期间，就是我们每天还可以有家庭的
呃，我们读经啊，我们在一起灵修啊，我们在这个期间还是，呃，有更多的和和我们的耶稣在在连接一起。嗯、um, ，Yeah， and hope everybody can still connect with God during this time, no matter how hard it is. 啊，啊，也也也祝愿大家，呃，呃。对，在这个时期，每每个人都有平安有喜乐。嗯 ，and bless everybody to have joy and will still be happy about quarantine. Amen. Thank you, God. Hello, Northgate friends and family, and anyone who else. Who might be watching in the service? My name is Caleb, and I am attempting and going to give you a bit of an update on what is happening in my life and in ways that also I can be,、uh, you guys can be praying.、Um, so, for those that may not be familiar, I was、uh, working in India teaching the Bible, and then unfortunately, due to the pandemic, I had to be called back、um, a bit shorter than what was expected. But that's okay. God has worked through that and, and given me open doors here as well. So. Um, I am working right now with the missions、um, missions base in Quebec, and my goal right now is just preparing for the upcoming school through、um, teachings and and also helping out a couple of students who are taking courses online in in biblical study and helping them、um, and and mentoring and coaching them a little bit. And also, I yeah had an opportunity to teach online um, with um, yeah. Um, A YWAM location in South Africa. They had a Bible school that was running before the pandemic, and so they continued to run、um, all online. But I was able to have that opportunity to go and or to, yeah, be live on my computer and through the internet be able to teach. So I am thankful for those opportunities.、Um, but what I often feel or, or feel right now, what God is speaking over my life and, and direction right now, is just in in this concept of prayer and and really preparing my heart for. Um, the upcoming season、um, and and everything that will happen and the changes that have to be made as YWAM is a、uh, intercultural and an international organization we have to be thinking what will it look like moving forward、um, as this pandemic is not done but as some countries are beginning to shift out and some are not so much how are we going to yeah be able to function well in a way that、um, God would like us to and so、um, a part of Yeah, what I feel God speaking right now is just to prepare my heart and to prepare,、um, yeah, in in prayer and in worship and intercession for,、um, yeah, for this base and for the schools and and also、um, that we would just be led well. I think as a as a ministry location, our、um, yeah, our desire is that we would just be attentive to God in this season because, as we know, COVID wouldn't doesn't last forever and won't last forever and. Um, we want to use this time well, and even as we're slow and there's not、um, many programs running in our organization or things that can be done, our our heart is just just ask, okay, Lord, what what do you want to speak to us? You know, we we are forced to be still, <laughs> and and we want to choose and to use that time well. We want to choose to use that time well and say, okay, God, what what do you want to speak to us? How can we be attentive? What are the things that you Want us to maybe prune off? What are some things that maybe we've strayed away from you in the last decade, or、um, even with this base? What are the things that you want to change and just allow ourselves to open up? And so,、um, 
yeah, my heart here has been to really just help bring a spiritual unity with community and um, helping lead worship times and, and also, yeah, helping with a, an intercession time at the base as well to, yeah, just really get God's heart and to really, um, yeah, see Him move in, in this quiet and in this slower time. And so that's a bit of an update on what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, I will send another one soon enough. But thank you for watching and I hope you have a great rest of your day. So, so we are sportsmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. For Ephesians two ten. Here we go. Uh, look up to the heavens. No, I look up to the mountains. Uh, does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth. Uh, the Lord will not let me stumble. He who watches over you shall not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord wash, watches over me all the days of my life. Um, he, is the, he stands beside me as a protective shade. Uh, the sun will not harm me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will not let harm come to me. The Lord watches over my life. The Lord watches over me as I come and go, both now and forever. Honor your father and your mother that your day will be a lot upon the land that your Lord your God is giving you. I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He will not let me stumble. The one who watches over me never slumbers. Indeed, the one who watches over Israel never sleeps nor slumbers. The Lord himself watches over me. He stands beside me like a protective shade. In the sun will not harm me by day nor the moon by night. He keeps all harm. He keeps me away from all harm and watches over my life. He watches over me as I come and go, both now and forever. Hello, my Northgate family. Uh, I miss you all, and I hope you are doing well and staying safe. I miss the church like most of you. I miss the community. I miss those brothers and sisters at the church. Last week, I was called by Dan, my pastor, and he gave me a challenge to memorize some verses in the Bible. And he said, I will give you a donut and some sweet, something sweet. I said, okay, where's it to do it? So I went through my Bible and just picked a couple of the verses that is, I think is really helpful for this situation right now. It's just more focusing on the Lord and submitting everything to Him and everything will be great. Uh, and uh, and I came up with uh, Psalm 121 and a couple of the verses from Isaiah and James. I have memorized the three of them and I memorized the entire Psalm 123. And uh, Psalm 123, the first one starts with uh, saying, uh, I lift my, my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of the earth and the heaven, who he watches over you will not yet fit foot slip. Who he watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel and all the nation. 
will neither slumber nor sleep. God watches over you. He is your shade at your right hand. <clears throat> the sun will not harm you by the day nor the moon by the night. He will keep you from all, all the harms. He watches over your life. The Lord who watches over your coming and ongoing situations, both for now and forevermore. And the second one is Isaiah 41, 10 verse, which I found it very, very effective and very, very powerful. It says, do not fear, for I am for you, and do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Amen. And the third one is James 4, verse 7. It says, Submit and surrender to the Lord. Resist, resist the devil, pray, and enemy will flee. I hope my verses will be a little bit helpful for all of you during this situation. And we all put our trust and confidence in the Lord during this time, and we pray that everything will be all right. Miss you all, and I wish you a happy Sunday for your family too. Thank you very much. Take three, just like my sermon. Hopefully the third time is the money piece, the charmer. Anyways, why am I wearing this bug mask? Because there's black flies outside. We hate black flies. I also have three friends with me. Mr. Chicken, say hello. Hello. Mr. Cow, say hello. No. Can you move your mouth a little bit? No. Oh, that's better. Mr. Caterpillar? Oh, excellent, excellent. We're here with my three friends. I guess we're all here. To tell you that we'd love to see you at what time at Zoom Church, Mr. Chicken? I think that was 10.30. And this week during Zoom Home Group, you can join us. Just let us know. We'd love to have you a part of it. Thank you for all your memory work. Thank you for the videos. That was great watching them. Encourage you all to keep memorizing scripture. Keep sending them in. If you send in a memory verse, what will you get, Mr. Cow? Ooh, a sweet treat. Nice voice. We will honor that for many weeks to come. We want you to memorize scripture. This week we're going to talk about wisdom. And we invite you to stay along. Don't fast forward. Don't erase it. Enjoy the message. We love you all. And hopefully we'll see you soon. Be blessed. Take number three on the sermon this week. The first one I recorded, Daniel. And my wife fell asleep. The second one I recorded, and I watched it again, and I thought, I could do a better job explaining that. So here we go, number three. I'm in my little classroom with Nathaniel and Daniel. But you can see they're social distancing three, six feet away. But I needed two students in the same grade, and here they are. We are working our way through 1 Corinthians. Author Buzz? Paul. Paul. And Paul the Apostle, 1 Corinthians, today the passages 18 through 31, 2, 1 through 16, 3, 18 through 23. So, last week, do you remember what we talked about, Buzz? No. No? Daniel, did you watch your video? No. No, okay, so I'll remind you what we talked about last week. We talked about unity. In Corinth, Paul planted a church. It says that in the book of Acts. 
has his usual greetings. We talked about that at the beginning of the book. He's an apostle. He stated they're saints as believers, that God was going to present them without blame. He also stated that they had all gifts to get them through, all spiritual gifts. There's a problem in the church reported by Chloe. Very clearly, there was divisions and problems and factions. Some people were elevating Paul, some Cephas, some Apollos, and some even the name of Jesus. So we learned last week that humility is the way to unity. So as you go through these first three chapters, it's interesting. You see that theme of humility, but you also see the theme of wisdom. Now it's important that we see the connection. And when I talk about wisdom, it's important that we have a good definition of what wisdom is. Nathaniel, what do you think wisdom is? Just comes to your head. Knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge of things. Yeah, it can be. And that draws the question, is there a difference between wisdom, knowledge, and intelligence? What do you think when you think of wisdom, Daniel? Um, wisdom is kind of like um, something Okay, so yeah, that's a great uh, separation from a seventh grader there. It almost could be a Bible lesson in himself. But Daniel did mention that there's a difference between knowledge, whether that's science or academics, which are good and important, and knowing what we're to do for a good life, knowing what's right and wrong to live the right life. And there is a little difference between that and knowledge of doing something. So, okay, just so you don't understand, I'm not saying or will say that the mind or studying or intellect is bad, but we will say in the spiritual context that wisdom is knowing and doing the right thing. So I just want to explain that. Daniel did a good job and Buzz explained that. But in James, I'll just read a little section to you in chapter 1 where it explains a little bit of what wisdom is. Actually, in chapter 3, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter and be self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. So I like it that it says here that wisdom is shown by good conduct. So we want to put that back into play in 1 Corinthians, where Paul is going to talk about wisdom in concerns to unity and for us to understand how to operate in wisdom. So, when Paul begins the next section after this of unity, he makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Why do you think the message of, cross, of the cross would be foolishness, Nathaniel? Because it's not 
Or why does Paul say, to some it's foolishness, to those who are perishing? I don't know. You don't know? Any ideas, Daniel? Why would the story of Jesus and him dying be foolish oh. to someone who doesn't believe? Nathaniel? Because, um, like, the part where he rises, nobody would believe it because they've never seen anybody rise. Yeah, maybe, right? Have you seen anyone rise from the dead? No. So if I told you someone rose from the dead, what would you think? Um, that must be very, very impossible and rare. Rare. But we know that Christ crucified and his rising from the dead could be foolishness to the world. So Paul says that, and he says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And this is a theme that he's going to carry on, and he's going to talk about the Jews and the Greeks and the unbelievers and say that to them, the work of Christ on the cross is foolishness, but to us, it is life. And we want to know Christ and Christ crucified. So we think to ourselves, why would that be so foolish? Obviously the believing, but to the Jew. The Jew wanted the Messiah to come. Um, why? Well, that's a good question, Nathaniel. Why would the Jews want the Messiah to come? Those in the Old Testament, why did they want Jesus to come? Or why did even the disciples want to know if Jesus was their Messiah? Well, the Jews wanted him to come so that he could conquer the Romans. That's right, because they were in bondage, right, to the Romans, and they thought their Messiah would be one who would free them from this oppression to allow them to live in this place where they were independent on their own, serving their God. But if Jesus dies on the cross, how could he be their conquering king, or could he, Daniel? Um, he couldn't because I'm dead still. Like, he's still a human. Yeah, he's dead, right? Yeah. And so, how could the king save them if he's dead? So the Jews then think it's foolish because how could this Jesus save us? And by the way, even the disciples thought that Jesus was going to save them all the way to the beginning of Acts from Roman tyranny. But they had a greater understanding yet to come, should we say, greater wisdom to what they understood. And the Greeks thought it was foolish Probably for many reasons, I'm talking to my son Caleb today, one of them is Greeks believed in many gods. So how can we say this one God would come and die for us? And how, again, would he rise from the dead? So they really disputed in their wisdom, and they thought it was all foolishness. But Paul, quoting from the Old Testament, says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent and in that day you have to understand who was thought to be wise and those who were wise in that day or described as wise were simply saying clearly that this is ridiculous this is foolishness that your king would die and that you would have one God and that he would rise from the dead but Paul says never mind we preach Christ crucified in verse 23. Foolishness to the Greek. But he goes on to say, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the, weak, and the weakness of God is stronger than men, that God's message 
was absolutely accurate, incredibly wise, beyond what anyone was thinking, that what was described as foolishness was absolutely, completely, unbelievably, incredibly wise because it saves us. God's plan was incredible. So he says that, and why is he saying this in regards to unity? Because obviously if they're lifting certain men up or getting this kind of thought pattern that some people are smarter than others, what happens then is you get disunity because I follow that thought pattern. I follow that thought pattern. But Paul is saying, no, no, we're all unified in this fact. He goes on in verse 27 that we're actually all chosen foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. I'm foolish. What about you? I'm also very foolish. <laughs> Sometimes, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't say we're the cream of the crop. What about you, Nathaniel? Maybe you are the cream of the crop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and I'm not, again, understand, I'm not putting down the mind or the ability to think or the ability to reason. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying in context is thinking like the world and having a limited capacity that really to God is foolishness because they cannot see the bigger picture. They only have the knowledge of what they know. But here we have so much more. So, as we go on, we are these foolish things and we then cannot glory in ourselves. And we know in 1 Corinthians he's going to continue to say that knowledge puffs up but love edifies. You ever heard that, Nathaniel? Yeah, well, it's an interesting verse, because sometimes the more I think I know, I think I'm superior. Knowledge and humility that is seeking the Lord is wonderful. Knowledge that puffs up is not, because I don't want to glory in myself or my ability, but I want to glory in Christ. That's what he's saying. The world says it's foolish, but I'm going to glory in Christ. And Paul goes on to say in chapter 2, When I came, I determined to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. It's, it's the leveling plane of smart or not smart. Christ and Christ crucified. He even goes on to say, In much weakness, fear, and trembling I came. Not in superior knowledge, not in this great intellect, though he was a powerhouse of understanding. He says, no, I came preaching not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirit and power. Amazing. That's how he came. Not trying to debate. And sometimes people do get saved with arguments, but very rarely through debating do people get saved. They have to experience the spirit conviction in their life to realize they are a sinner. Conviction. They have to realize that. And then the power of the Holy Spirit directs them and shows them. And even he's saying, my life is a changed life. Because Paul, back to his history, before he was Paul, he was... Saul. And what did Saul do? Do you know Nathaniel? Killed Jews. Killed Jews. He wanted the church. Not so much Jews. He was a Jew. Christians. He wanted to put Christians in prison and he was at Stephen's stoning. But his life dramatically changed 
by the Spirit in power. And now he's preaching Christ and Christ crucified, that their faith should not be in the wisdom of men or the arguments of men, but in the power of God. What an amazing verse. It is not in our arguments that's going to hold fast, but it's in knowing Christ and him crucified. So he goes on in this chapter and talks about spiritual wisdom and the wisdom of men and rulers and all of these things. But then he comes back to this point, the natural man in verse 14 of chapter 2 does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. So if you're not a Christian, can you understand the things that God is saying to you, Daniel? No. No. But if your spirit is with God's spirit and God's spirit lives in you, you can understand the things of God because they can be known and spiritually discerned, it says in verse 14. It's when I read this book and when you became a Christian because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have an ability then to discern what God is saying to you. And as the Holy Spirit shows you things and speaks to you, you can discern what is right and what is wrong. Then in verse 16 of chapter 2, he quotes Isaiah and says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But at the very end, we have the mind of Christ. There's something incredible to know wisdom like, we're all going to have some knowledge, and some of us are going to be smart in this world. We discussed that, right? Some of us, maybe not. And some of us learn more and through experience, and that's great. But there's something more when we're spiritually connected to God through a renewed mind. You see, when we come to know Jesus, our heart is renewed, our mind is renewed. So we should think like Him. That's the power. Our mind becomes new that we can see his spiritual wisdom or what he wants us to do and then we can do it but without the renewed mind paul is saying spiritually it's foolishness i might know how to do a great math equation but spiritually if my mind's not renewed in christ and his crucifixion and his forgiveness and the Holy Spirit living in me and I'm not renewed I'm limited and there's so much more in the renewed mind to think in the power of the Holy Spirit to understand what God is saying does that make any sense to you yeah does when you become a Christian Nathaniel and Daniel you have access to God's wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Does that mean you'll be better at math? No. No. Better at science? No. Uh, better at English? Um, no. No? Better at French? No. no. But you can discern spiritual things in a new way because God can reveal it through his truth and his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. But none of us is better than another because God does all the work and that's why we glory in him. It's not my memory and my ability. It is him in me that I can discern his truth 
and his spirit in my life. Ah, I love this. How about you? Mm. <laughs> Nathaniel, is it boring or what? Uh, uh, a little bit. But I hope not. But anyways, the end of verse 3, because it's all in the context of unity. You're not better. I'm not better. We all are foolish to the things of God, and we don't think like God, nor do we have the capacity in our old human self, but when we're renewed, we can think differently. Our mind becomes something that is negative to positive in spiritual things. But he says this in verse 18, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Well, how do you become a fool? You choose to let go of yourself, that's like last week, humility, and say, I'm going to trust God in what he says in his word. I'm going to trust him and his wisdom and walk in it in what he says. So the world could say, you're being a fool. So, hey, we moved to Canada. There's a lot of people who said, you're foolish. Right, Daniel? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you didn't know that, but now you know that now. Yeah. They're like, you're foolish. You've got nine kids. What are you thinking? Are you going to pay for their education? Why are you moving to Canada? You've got a good job here. You've made your way to the top of the pile. You're the head athletic director at this Christian school. The school's doing great. Why are you leaving? What are you thinking? You're a fool. This isn't good for your wife or for your kids. But God had spoke. And I'm not the wisest crackerjack out there, but if I believe he spoke to me, confirmed it in Scripture and through other people to take this step of faith, which the world would see as foolish, and I walk in his ways... I'm becoming a fool to the world, but wise to him. There, there's so many uh, stories, probably from your own life, you could think of when people, family members, hey, what are you thinking? Why are you doing that? Or even if you are a believer in an unbelieving family, you're nuts. What are you thinking? How can you believe that? That's foolishness. Well, no, it's not. And as I become a fool, I become wise. But I'm getting no glory. And back to the end of chapter 1, I'm glorying in the Lord and knowing Him, quoted from Jeremiah chapter 9. Not my strength, not my ability, not my smarts. I glory in knowing God because as I know Him, I have wisdom. But the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he who catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, but they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. You, my friends and myself, and you, Daniel, and you, Nathaniel, we, as we believe, who comes to live in us? God. God, the Holy Spirit, right, Nathaniel? The Holy Spirit says, guides me in all truth in the Bible. The Holy Spirit shows me. He can tell me what's right or wrong through his word, through my heart, because he lives in me. I've often said, I don't have it on because it's recording, but my cell phone, I asked Buzz the other day, does my cell phone have access to the internet if it's not connected to Wi-Fi nor data? No. So all I have is what on it? Stuff that you downloaded. Stuff I downloaded. Information. But when I turn it on, connect, I have all access spiritually to truth through the power of the Holy Spirit because it's not in myself. 
but it's in Christ. And this helps me minister to others. This helps me walk in faith. This helps me do the right thing. When the world says, don't forgive, God says forgive. You just name the example. People will think you're crazy. But you're becoming wise in your obedience of truth. That's why Matthew says, the wise man builds his house on the rock, not the sand. It is he who hears and does God's word, is the wise man. You could have all knowledge and not do the right thing, not believe the right thing, but that's not wisdom. Now imagine having knowledge and ability with a renewed mind to hear and do what Christ's saying. That's amazing, and we can think outside of so much of what human thought pattern, which is opposed to God, that's what it says in God's word, that the thinking patterns of this world are in direct contradictions to the thinking of God. But as we're renewed, as we come to know him, we know what's right or wrong and how to minister to people, and God can speak to us his truth, thus actually making us wise and unifying us. Because it's not me, my thoughts. It's God in his thoughts and his wisdom and his truth. So we come to the end. If I want more wisdom, I know I have a renewed mind. We're believers. And I feel like I don't have enough wisdom. What should I do? Pray, um, um, ask, and read the Bible, and pray to God about, um, like, help me with um, this problem. Yes. I pray and... He answers, but I have to ask. That's why in James it says, ask for wisdom and you will um, get it. Get it. But there's one problem. A lot of times we ask, but we're dependent on ourselves. But we are doubting. But James 1 says, ask, but you have to believe without doubting. The problem with the human mind, which is absolutely amazed, renewed, but before then, it has a trouble believing maybe in it what it can't see. But James says, if you ask, you have to believe. Otherwise, you're like a man who looks in the mirror, goes away, forgets what he looks like. <laughs> Funny, huh? I know what you look like. You know what you look like? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's saying, if you don't believe, basically... You're not going to get it. You have to believe when you ask, and God will give you wisdom because you have access, because he lives in you, and you have a renewed mind. And what power there is with a mind that's renewed, whether it's simple or complex, when it's trusting in Jesus. So, Lord, would you renew our mind today? Again and again and again, may we not be conformed to this world, but be renewed. And we ask for wisdom, your godly wisdom, that we may hear what you have to say to us and do it. Yeah, Lord, I just pray right now that we'll hear your message, that we'll grow in godly spiritual wisdom for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen.